You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 158 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the World Series. Lots of storylines happened in this game. Uh, I'm going to go over mainly Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell. There was a lot of... uh, angry words said about that on social media. So I'm going to go over some of that. I'm not going to defend the move, but I'm going to try and explain the the reasoning behind it from the way that I'm seeing it, at least. Um, I think that obviously it didn't work out, so it was a bad move. But, uh, you know, in the moment, maybe it was the right move. Uh, I'll get into it. But so there's that. Also, uh, Justin Turner tested positive for COVID in the middle of the baseball game. So that's why he was removed. So that's weird. And that's a developing story. So uh, I'm sure that I'll have more information on that tomorrow, but I'm trying to get this out uh, shortly after the Dodgers have clinched. It is currently 9.18 PM on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's what day it is. Uh, COVID time. Nothing matters. Anyways. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm talking about today is just all the storylines that came out of the World Series um, and all that stuff. Uh, also, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on. That is one word locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to locked on athletics at gmail.com. And as I said yesterday, please let me know what you'd like to hear from the show. Um, I, I've got lots of offseason plans, but uh, you know, what do you guys want to hear? Because I have things that I'm going to do, but there's a lot of time to kill, so I don't want to bore you guys either. So uh, send those in to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. You can tweet them to us at LockdownAs or me personally at ByJasonB, whatever you want to do. So uh, let's get into it. The Dodgers won their first World Series since 1988, their Kurt Gibson year. So maybe now we can stop seeing that highlight over and over, even though I was three when that happened. So I don't really remember it at all. I've seen the highlights. I'm like, oh, that's a cool baseball moment. But people that are slightly older than me are like, no, it's not. You're stupid. And I'm like, yeah, fair. Okay. I get it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, the Dodgers won. Congratulations to them. I was only rooting for the Rays in this game so that there would be a game seven. But as I said yesterday, uh, that I wanted them to win game five because their offense is not showing up in days after off days or games after off days. And uh, they just had an off day and their offense did not show up. Here's the summation of their offense. Reindeer Rosarena hit a home run in the first inning as the second batter of the game. End of offense. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's all they did. So uh, that's what I was worried about. And that is what happened. So now baseball season is over and we get to plan for the offseason and talk about the moves that the A's are or aren't going to make and all that stuff. Um, also, there was a lot of stuff uh, on social media um, when the raised started losing the game uh, and the World Series and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, if they would spend just a a few million dollars more, maybe they'd be in this game still. And uh, that's lazy. I don't know. Sorry. No. 
Um, the Mets spend a ton of money every year. The Giants are spending lots of money. The Yankees have been spending so much money, and they haven't won a World Series in over a decade. So yeah, uh, spending money does not mean you're going to win a World Series. It took the Dodgers three chances, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, so lazy take. Get out of here with that. Should the Rays spend more money? Probably, because they don't spend a lot. But neither do the A's, so what do I have? What legs do I have to stand on on that argument? So uh, yeah, lazy take is what I'm saying with that one. And since my Kevin Cash take is probably going to take a little bit longer than I have left for the first segment, I'm going to just save that one for the second segment and uh, go over some of the other headlines from this one. Corey Seager won the MVP of the World Series, so congratulations to him. He said that his wife has been waiting for that car, so uh, that's their wedding present from him, I guess, is this new Chevy. Also, Reb, Rob Manfred uh, had a stroke, was drunk, something... He was not speaking well. Um, I don't wish ill health upon him or anything like that, but uh, from my vantage point, knowing nothing of the situation, uh, and, you know, I, I've seen him talk before and what whatnot, and it seemed odd how he was talking, and it just felt like uh, him hearing the fans' boos made him very sad. Like, he didn't know he's legitimately hated as the commissioner of baseball and that every baseball fan wants something else from anybody else, just not him, because he doesn't like the sport. He called the World Series trophy a piece of metal, all that good stuff. You know, the classics, didn't punish the Astros. He's a jerk. Um, yeah, handling of COVID, not great. Get into that here in just one second. Uh, yeah, so there's a... Yeah, I, I think that he just didn't know that the vitriol was so real for him, and he had to be confronted with that face-to-face -face in real life, and he was like, oh, oh, this is sad. I'm broken now. Or he knows that the owners are going to fire him because uh, he's horseshit, and uh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. One can dream. Um, yeah, but anyways, back to that COVID test. Uh, apparently, Justin Turner, uh, they, they all took their uh, COVID test in the morning, and Justin Turner got his COVID test in the second inning and, from the labs, and the labs called the Dodgers, and were like, you got to take him out. He has COVID. And they waited until the eighth inning to pull him. The eight, They waited six innings. He had one last at bat, and then they're like, okay, well, you can go play defense for another inning. And then they pulled him in the eighth inning. Um, so that feels weird. Like good, good job on the Dodgers for winning. But if there was some weird stuff so that they could win this baseball game and not, you know, adhere to COVID protocols. Um, also why are the COVID protocols that you can play without getting your test results? Uh, that doesn't seem like Rob protocols Manfred over here. Like he would abide by that. He's in, um, oh he has so many fires to put out already. He's got the Luno, or Luno interview that from last week, he talked about it briefly and was like, Hey, he's a jerk. Uh, and then he's got, you know, this COVID test and all that stuff. It really feels like, uh, the playoffs happened regardless of protocols, especially there were stains in the stands. They didn't give a damn about the, the COVID protocols once it got to the World Series because they're like, here's our finish line. We're going to make some money, and that's all we care about because the networks are paying us billions of dollars to put on this show. And there was a statement out there saying that they uh, pulled Justin Turner from the game so that they could, quote, stop the spread. I'm like, it's the eighth inning. The game's almost over. He's been practicing with the team all day. He's been around these guys. I'm pretty sure it's going to spread pretty much as 
as much as it's going to, except for like the celebration, which uh, Bob Nightingale, in true Bob Nightingale form, he tweeted out something to the effect of, it's so sad that he doesn't get to celebrate with his teammates. And so I quote tweeted him with something to the effect of, uh, yeah, that's the saddest part of this whole situation is that he doesn't get to celebrate with his teammates, not the positive COVID test or, you know, the implications that go with that or him being a little bit older for a baseball player. And, you know, maybe if he has some lingering effects, maybe his career's over because of this COVID test. I don't know. But yeah, he doesn't get to celebrate the World Series. Boo hoo. Um, yeah, uh, health and safety of players goes above everything. And if he has a full recovery, he can definitely celebrate th with them at the parade and all that stuff, if there's a parade, because remember, COVID is still happening. Large gatherings not encouraged, especially in California. And just last point on this, imagine if they, the Rays had come back and won this game and there was a Game 7, and then the Dodgers didn't have Justin Turner. I said on yesterday's podcast, I don't know about the bullpenning strategy. It worked out for them. They struck out like 12 guys, pitched like 7 and a third. Uh, great innings of baseballs, so good on job on the, uh, the Dodgers pen, especially Julio Urias, who uh, ended up getting the save, the win. I don't know. He, he got the save because uh, they they had the, the lead before he came in. Um, yeah. And when he came in, I was like, oh, they're going for this game right here because they would want him in game seven if it came to it. They're going to see what they can do with his two to one lead. Go with that. And uh, it, it paid off for him because if they had used Urias and Justin Turner or just po tested positive for COVID, I said crazy things happen in game seven and it was already shaping up to be that way. So it's a good thing that the Dodgers won this game. Congratulations again to them on winning their first world championship since 1988 against the A's. Um, yeah, uh, the best team in baseball won. So can't really be mad. It's a legitimate World Series that two of the best teams in baseball played for the World Series. It was a good season. I enjoyed the postseason. It was a good time. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll go over my baseball, my favorite baseball moments of the 2020 shortened season at some point here in the uh, next couple of days. But, you know, for right now, congrats to the Dodgers. Uh, get them next time, Rays, and uh, we'll go on from there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about all about this Kevin Cash move in the second half of this uh, podcast. Uh, I got lots of thoughts. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I'll be right back. Today's episode of Locked On Ace is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser than previous iterations. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their 12 original flavors. And right now, I could really go for some peanut butter brownie. That sounds really good. And as I've said many times, their bars are covered in 100 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars, and Built Bars are built for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So if you want to add some nice chocolate-covered healthy snacks to your uh, refrigerator or wherever you keep your delicious treats all you got to do is go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on that is one word locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order and you also get a free cooler with purchase you get a little cooler for your little bars while supplies last so uh yeah it's a great deal you guys go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on one word locked on you'll get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com 
Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us or you have some ideas for what you'd like to hear on the show, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So getting into uh, Kevin Cash and all that stuff from Game 6 of the World Series. You know, the fun part of Game 6 for some people and not race fans. Uh, that would be this scenario right here. Blake Snell had been rolling. He'd completed five and a third innings pitched. He had just given up his second hit of the game. He ended up allowing a run, and that was the, the one hit that he allowed right there to, right before he got lifted, and he didn't walk anybody, which I said, hey, Blake, maybe don't walk so many guys this game, and he didn't, and he also didn't allow any two-run homers, so he heeded my advice. He had a great outing, and uh, he also struck out nine just like he did in his first outing in game two, and uh, he had basically the same outing, only fewer walks and didn't allow any runs, except for the one that scored on Nick Anderson, who was an inherited runner. Anyways, so that was the situation, and uh, baseball Twitter was losing their goddamn minds. They were like, what's going on here? This is insane. And I get it, and I, I know that it did not work out for the race. I understand that. But this has been their bread and butter move. You, they were going into the third time through the lineup, and I know that there's not really analytic proof that it would be a bad thing to leave him in. And there's no proof that it would be a good thing to leave him in. So I think that they were just going with what they usually do in these situations. And we've seen, if you've been watching the Rays at all this postseason, you see uh, their pitcher gets the third time through the lineup. Sometimes you see how they're doing. He had just given up a hit to Austin Barnes, the Dodgers' uh, ninth place hitter. So you're right at that turn of the, the lineup right there. You're going to face Mookie Betts. Blake Snell is a lefty. Mookie Betts is a righty. They've seen each other a whole bunch. Uh, granted, Blake Snell had struck him out twice in this game, as he had uh, Corey Seager and whoever the third place hitter is, Justin Turner, uh, I believe. Uh, he had struck all those guys out twice in this game already. So it looks like he had decent control over what he was doing with those three guys. He had just given up a hit is all, and those happen in a baseball game. Not many games end in a no-hitter. And the hit that Blake Snell gave up wasn't necessarily a super hard hit ball or anything. It was 91.5 miles off the off the bat. That wasn't even a barrel. It wasn't a hard hit ball. It wasn't anything like that. It, it was a nice little single that went to center field. So, uh, like in, in the Charlie Morton game, I, I saw that he got a little bit wild. He walked Jose Altuve. That move made a lot of sense. This one, there's a little bit more gray area to work with, in my mind. And uh, I think that given how the Rays operate... I would still probably be okay with them following this game plan, but not bringing in Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson has been their guy since they got him from Miami in 2019. He's been dominant, but in his last six games in the postseason, he'd allowed a run in each of those games, and he, he kept that trainer rolling. He allowed another run in this game, which ended up being the difference maker. He, he allowed the inherited runner and then one run of his own, so... I don't think that that's the guy you bring in. Maybe you go Fairbanks in that case, if you want to go righty on righty. And again, they didn't necessarily need to make a move right here, but it is what they do as an organization. This is their blueprint to winning games. This blueprint got them to game six of the World Series. So it's kind of hard to poke holes on it. It didn't work this one time, and it's a big time for it to blow up on them for sure. But I mean, it it's what they do. And so in that regard, live and die by how you play baseball. And they did. And uh, it felt like the move, whether it came from Kevin Cash, who 
you know, a, a lot of uh, new school managers like or new school people in baseball are like, yeah, it, it was not his decision alone, at least. It was uh, definitely something they went over with the front office and they were like, oh, if this situation happens. This is what we do. And so I don't think that it was solely him. There's going to be some blame spread around. Maybe we'll get some more details on this uh, as you know, articles are written throughout the course of the night and all that stuff. But I don't think that it was solely Kevin Cash. His job is going to be fine. He got this team to the World Series with uh, not spending any money. Whoa! But I do want to say that it did feel like this move was made because it felt like the the writing was kind of on the wall in this game where you got that one run early, awesome, you're up early and all that stuff, but you're not adding on at all. You're not really getting chances to add on after like the second or third inning either. So uh, this move felt kind of like a panic move. Like we're not going to score any more runs this game. We need to limit them to zero runs, which is not how you want to win a baseball game in 2020 at all. Let alone in the world series, you got to be able to score more runs than one. And uh, it felt like they were trying to use that stable to get them into a game seven situation where they could, where anything does happen and anything probably would have happened if we had gotten a game seven. So I feel like that's where they were going with this um, but you know, in, in today's game, I know that, uh, a lot of these decisions are, you know, somewhat predetermined. You have an idea of where you want to go and all that stuff, but you have to have a feel for the game. He should have talked to Blake Snell a little bit as opposed to, Hey, I'm calling that for the, for, you know, Nick Anderson before I even get to the mound. That's probably not how you want to do it. You want to be able to look in the guy's eyes be like, Hey, can you get Mookie bets? Can you get two outs here? And, uh, go from there. Cause you know, I, I know that the blueprint is you get your starter to go around five innings, 4.2, 5.1, whatever it is. But if you can get him to six or what he was doing pretty well. So I think that you got to have a little bit more feel if you're Kevin Cash in that situation, maybe not follow the blueprint to the T on this one. And I don't think that this is the fault of analytics because analytics got both of these teams to the world series. So uh, if it blew up in one of their faces, then obviously analytics just likes the Dodgers more is all. Uh, also speaking of the Dodgers, maybe, maybe what the Rays were doing was they were trying to do uh, the anti-Dodger move where they didn't have to make it to a bunch of world series to win their first one. Cause the Dodgers have made it to the world series, a couple, of times now and they've lost a couple of other ones and uh part of that is because dave roberts would just stick with clayton kershaw into the seventh for no reason whatsoever and uh you know he'd leave him in there too long so maybe the raise plan was to remove him a little bit earlier than that so that they didn't have that same fate one little thing that I have that was wrong with how they went about managing the rest of the game, though, they left in Pete Fairbanks and he gave up a home run to Mookie Betts, which kind of sealed it, making it three to one for the Dodgers there in the eighth inning. Um, Fairbanks was already over 20 pitches after working the seventh inning already. So I don't know why you would leave him in there. If your main goal is to keep it two to one so that one swing of the bat could tie the game, then why leave him in there? At, in that situation, if you want to put your best pitcher on the mound in that situation, use Diego Castilla. That's all you got to do. Just throw him in there. At worst, he's working back-to-back -back days. Sure, whatever. Uh, or you could save him for later. You could also go Ryan Yarborough, who came into the game anyway through a couple of pitches. Uh, there were other options in that situation. And, uh, you know, that, that Mookie Betts home run kind of put it away. So I don't know why they didn't bring in somebody fresh for the eighth inning. 
uh, given the way that they went about the Blake Snell decision. So that was a little bit mind-boggling to me. I think that that was probably the weird one for me was why wasn't he pulled right there before giving up that home run as opposed to going with Nick Anderson, who definitely hasn't had it. But how many times can lightning strike? Apparently seven. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, anyways, I, I just want to go over Nick Anderson's line real quick. He went a third of an inning. He got one out. And that feels like if your pitcher is not going to have it and he hasn't had it, you got to have a better feel for that guy if you're going to put him in in that situation if you're Kevin Cash. I think that that was probably the worst offense right there is not knowing where your player is at before putting him into another big situation when he hasn't had it in previous situations. You saw Dave Roberts go away from Blake Trinan and Kenley Jansen in this game because he did not trust them. And they had been arguably better than Nick Anderson. So uh, yeah, you got to have a better feel for that if you're Kevin Cash. Uh, should he get fired? No. I just need to make a trade for another couple of uh, Randy Rosarinas and they're all set for 2021. Uh, but Nick Anderson, he came into the game with a runner on first. He gave up a double to Mookie Betts. Wild Pitch scored a run, which tied the game. Um, and In his defense, that felt like more of a Mike Zunino play than a Nick Anderson play. But that maybe that's just me kind of rooting for the Rays because I wanted game seven. So maybe I have, uh, you know, rose colored, colored glasses on that one. And then there was a field of choice that was a ground out of first base. They went home, did not get Mookie Betts because he's fast as shit. And uh, yeah, so they didn't record an out on that one. Justin Turner flew out to give him an out, which was nice of him. And then, uh, then they made a pitching change, brought in Aaron Loop. So that was the end of Nick Anderson's day. So if your ace pitcher right here is going to throw you one third of an inning, Maybe he doesn't have it. And I know that you can't know how every pitcher is going to perform and all that stuff. But this specific pitcher, Nick Anderson, he hasn't had it for a while. You should have a, a better feel of whether or not he's going to be, you know, a two-inning lockdown ace reliever or a one-third of an inning blow-the-world series reliever. Uh, that's my take on that. I, I don't mind the move. I do not mind the move. I minded who they went with, I think, in that situation. Because uh, it didn't look like they were going to be getting any more runs in this game. And uh, they didn't. And they barely got any more hits. So uh, they didn't threaten. They, they didn't put up much of a fight towards the end there. And uh, sometimes you get that sense as a manager. Maybe he didn't because he didn't know that Nick Anderson was going to blow the World Series. And usually I'd be like, hey, what do you guys think about this move? But I'm pretty sure that roughly 99% of baseball fans are going to be like, no, that's the wrong call, Jason, you idiot. But uh, I, it's just how they operate. And I'm okay with it because it got them this far. And that's all. And, you know, also the Dodgers have gone the other way with this and pulling guys too late. So I understand it. Was it the right move? Uh, the way that it worked out? No. Has it been what they do all season? Yes. So uh, if you agree, let me know because I want to see if there's one other person that agrees with this take. So let me know at LockedOnAs on Twitter or at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can also email those to me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, that's it for me today, you guys. Have a great Wednesday. Uh, there's no more baseball, so I'm going to come up with some fun things to talk about. Probably do a season recap just talking about some of my favorite baseball moments. Uh, I'm going to play with that MLB film room and see if I can do some things on Twitter with that, uh, making some reels from the season and, uh, you know, bringing joy and happiness baseball wise into people's lives. So, uh, I'm going to be doing some of that stuff on the social medias. So make sure to follow us at locked on A's over there. Um, yeah, so that's it for me today. You guys stay indoors, celebrate good times, keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.